You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Last week we couldn't speak because of load shedding and that compromised shedding, the yeah. quality of the signal. How's it played out since then? Give me an idea, because I'm in the Netherlands, you're in South Africa. It seems to me you've got used to it these days. Yes, well, you do learn to cope. I mean, everyone knows we went to stage six over the weekend, and now we're at, thank goodness, stage five. You know, what a relief. <laughs> what does so that mean? Where I'm at, well, you, you lose certain, you lose a number of hours of electricity per day or per week. But now today, in particular, in Kaya Sands, where my garage is, Mm. The scheduled load shedding, we should just call it blackouts. Load shedding is a euphemism. Yes. It's actually quite interesting. Load shedding is just a technical term that, that Eskom first used when they had to shed load. It's a power cut. So, and, and, and then it caught on. It's, 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 it's a purely technical, you know, electrical technical expression. But anyway, so we had scheduled load shedding from 8 in the morning till half past 12. Four and now, half you hours. don't normally get these. No, but that's only like every third day you get the four and a half hours. You normally only get the two and a half hours. But so that's it. And then again from four o'clock now, in other words, now, yeah. half past four now, until half past six. The problem is the power only came on at 20 to four. And then guess what happened at four o'clock? Off it went. It went off again. Mm -hmm. So we had power for 20 minutes today. But yes, to answer the question, obviously you do cope. So at home, I've got an inverter which can power two lights, a TV, the Mnet and the internet. And I've got a gas stove and then I've got a couple of little torches you carry around with you. And it's very interesting. I've only noticed it now. uh, And I've just bought one. You can buy a rechargeable light bulb. It's only 100 rand, and it charges when the electricity is on, and then it turns on automatically when the power goes off. It's not bright, but it's certainly better than no light. And I I think it's actually quite a wonderful thing. I think you can get about three hours or four hours out of it maybe. But for 100 rand, you can have a light in the room that turns on automatically when there's load shedding. Doesn't turn the television on, though, does it? Doesn't turn the TV on. It's still... But, but still, a light's better than carrying a torch around or a candle, you know, at, at, at 100 rand. You know, you can't even buy a decent torch for 100 rand. Can't um, buy a decent meal for 100 rand either. And we'll come to that yeah. later on. You need to cope, so I've got, I've got gas. I've got a gas stove at home, so I can always eat and I can always boil water and have a cup of coffee. And at the garage, I've got a generator, so it's only really the, the, the big equipment, the three-phase equipment that I can't use. But still, you know, you can you can burn what three hundred rands petrol a day mm. if you use it. You know, the, if you use it the whole day, you can easily burn three hundred rands petrol. So, yeah, it's a it's difficult, but we don't have to worry. You know that, Lindsay. We don't why do have, not to, have worry. to worry. You know I mean, why? I was I was talking to Shapiro no, because, no, last no, no, night. You know why? You know, no, you know mm. why we don't have to worry? No, I don't. You're going to tell flew me. Back, no, no. Our president flew back early from overseas to sort it out. <laughs> so why must we worry? Yeah, I saw him in the at, at Westminster. I saw him at Westminster cuts, Abbey, he, and he, yeah. he he didn't look concerned, but he, as you said, he, he, he flew cut back his overseas trip away. short. Mm. He especially cut his overseas trip short to come back here and sort it out. And so, in other words, we don't have to worry. You're in good hands. He, 
came back. He came back here to sort it out for us. Very good. Yes, I am. Um, I admire his um, his his will and his stoicism and his dedication. Just like the Queen, of course. He, maybe he was soaking up by my late Majesty's um, uh, uh, conviction uh, to serving the nation, serving her people, serving her subjects. And I think that rubbed off on Ramaphosa. It was a Ramaphosa yeah, well, rub off. Yeah, because why he came back was. Last time we had stage six load shedding, he was always he was also overseas and he didn't come back and there was a huge outcry. Mm. You know, he's not yet dealing with this major crisis, so he, he decided to come back. But there's no value that anyone can add right now. It's just a question of time until the independent power producers can produce enough power so that Eskom can stop load shedding. I mean, that is ultimately the only answer because even if Eskom gets the new plants working better because they're not working properly, the old ones are breaking down. I mean, these are, these things were built in the 70s, man. They should have been retired 10 years ago, if not 20 years ago. So there's nothing no one can do. I mean, everyone wants to – the EFF in Parliament yesterday or the day before, whenever – they want to fire the whole board of Eskom and they want to fire uh, uh, Andre de Ritter. Fire them all. And, and you, can, you can go and get there's the no best one to replace them, though. in the there's whole no, world. There's no one to replace no, them because even, there's a lack of skills, even, unfortunately. And people don't no, want to work for Eskom. No, but even if you go worldwide and you get the absolute best skills available in the world full stop, hmm. there's nothing you could do in the shorter term. We're having load shedding. That's it. And, and you just, can't build a power station. You can't. These things all take time. Let's not get political. Well, we've already got political yes. in, a, in a certain way. When you uh, mm. rather sarcastically saying that uh, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa, the president of the republic, uh, came back early uh, with your tongue firmly planted in your, your cheek. But um, yes, as I said to Shapiro last night, Shapiro's gone off on one of his jaunts, as usual. He's gone off to see his family in, uh, as, in, in as New York and all. Boston. Yeah, which is, yes. which is, which is fine. He's gone, he's, gone gallop, he's gone gallivanting. Again, yes, he has. He's a gallivanter. He's um, he's, he's a gallivanter. He's a gadabout. He gads about. But anyway, let's not talk yeah. about his personal life because he's worked very, very hard, and he's very, very old, mm. and he should have the right to go and no, have, no, he's, have he's, some fun. He's entitled to go gallivanting now. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But the point is, that I was talking to him, and I said, "Why aren't you South Africans marching as women did?" On that famous occasion, why are you marching to the union buildings and saying enough is enough now? I know you're tinkering too much and you, you probably don't want to. But I would have thought that like the ir ir Iranian women are doing at the moment, there should be protests about something which is so fundamental, i.e. Sure. Yes, I, 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 agree with the, you, I agree with you there should be, mm. but this is a democratically elected government by the majority of the people, so you will be protesting against... Your own government. Things change, Wayne. That you elected. You, you, but you change. Yeah. You, you say, okay, next time we won't vote for you. No, no, I got you on that. I got you on that. Look, for sometimes for, sometimes for very, very, sometimes with a very positive outcome, mm. and sometimes, unfortunately, with a negative outcome, South Africans as a whole are incredibly tolerant people. When, 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 when you think the absolute chaos and and mayhem and bloodshed and civil war we could have got under apartheid yes didn't happen you know but you know also you now have 
people tolerate the government, you know, and, and all the corruption and the load it's shedding. because, as I said to David last all night, David Shapiro, they've been numbed into submission. They just say, you know what, it doesn't matter. You said that these, um, the, these power stations, uh, this infrastructure has been in place since the 1970s. So that's the apartheid yeah. government that, that never thought that a black uh, middle class would expand and therefore expand the use of electricity. So they didn't do it. So no, they weren't not forward so. thinking. No, no, no. Well, I'm not, no, no, it's, it's, actually, it's actually quite interesting. I know a little bit about this. Go on. They built so many power stations in the 1970s, they had excess power. And they sold the excess power to the aluminium smelters in Richards Bay. Now, the aluminium smelters in Richards Bay use more power than the Western Cape. They're big consumers of, 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 of power. Yes. Um, then the... ANC government was warned, and my days, my dates might be wrong, but I think in the late 90s, 97, 98, were warned that in a few years' time, we're going to run out of electricity, we've got to build power stations. And the government at the time under Tabo and Becky, for all the, for all the very good reasons, said we want to get the private sector involved in generating power because we don't want this to rely on one one entity to supply power to the country. That was 35 unfortunately, years ago. Yeah, unfortunately, at 22 cents or 18 cents a kilowatt hour, no one came in because you weren't going to make money. I mean, in those days, Eskom was the by far, maybe not by far, but one of the cheapest power generators in the world because they had spent the capital in 1970. You know, so they region power was incredibly cheap, and that's one of the reasons why the aluminium smelters are in Richards Bay, not because we haven't got we haven't got uh, bauxite here. We had to import the bauxite from Australia, then export. So we were effectively exporting electricity in the form of aluminium, and uh, then the the the, the ANC under Tabu and Becky dawdled about this and dawdled about this, and then all of a sudden, a wonderful thing happened. We hit the biggest growth spurt that we've had as a country since the 1960s on the back of a high gold price. I mean, our, our economy grew at 4 4.5% a year. It's, in other words, this, let's call it D-Day of running out of electricity wasn't in 10 years' time. It was all of a sudden in three years' time. Because, you know, all the long-term projections were electricity consumption would go up by 1.8 to 2.2% per year per year. So we, we still had this 10, 12 years to sort it out. All of a sudden, you only had three years to sort it out. And then our, our economy grew so strongly on the back of high commodity prices and lower interest rates in South Africa on the back of the, our reserve bank killing inflation and, 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 and the government. This was Trevor Manuel. We, we, we killed inflation. Interest rates fell. The economy surged ahead on the back of that and the Chinese commodity boom. And we grew so strongly we ran out of electricity. Now, that should have only lasted about four years, the load shedding, because we built Madupi and Kusele. They were supposed to be online, yeah, right. online in four years. You know, 10 years later, they're still not online. And even the units that are online are only producing at 60% of nameplate capacity because of fundamental design and construction errors. So that's where we are. And corruption and theft. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It took twice as long and cost three times as much, and it's still not working.
Okay, but anyway, the point is that you've had 20 minutes of power today, uh, but thank goodness this line is very good, whereas last week it was simply awful. Yes, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that, and you can make yourself a cup of coffee later with your self-charging light bulb. Um, Yes. Right. Now, the other things that have been worrying me today, apart from your your power and uh, and apart from the fact that there's somebody drilling next door to me uh, building some sort of bathroom thing, and I told him to shut up, but he hasn't. Um, Okay. You've got the US Federal Reserve. At around about 8 o'clock South African time this evening, they will probably say that we've raised interest rates by 75 basis points. And everybody knows that that's baked into the price, as they say, that corny old saying, it's baked into the price of the markets at the moment. But what they say afterwards, maybe that will change it. Then maybe they'll say this is just the first of another three 75 um, basis point rises. Uh, Then you've got the Bank of England tomorrow. There are numerous other... Central banks doing the same thing. Um, and the other thing is that's slightly disturbing to me, Wayne, and again, getting back to politics, is the, the rise of the right wing in Europe, Sweden and Italy, notably, uh, because there's going to be a, a far right leader of Italy quite soon, from what I understand. And Sweden's, yep. uh, it, it was a narrow vote, but Sweden's right wing, because yep. of some... Again, some some problems with um, with, with violence that has been attributed to um, immigrants. Um, they've they've been they've been voted in. So there's there's some things going on, and of course I haven't even mentioned yeah. that I was watching TV this morning at around about half past eight, our time, and your time. And Putin came on television, Russian television, and said he's going to uh, add another 300,000 troops. And he said to the West, if you mess around, he essentially said the following, if you mess around with, with what's going on in the Ukraine, which is now Russian, essentially, because they're holding this false referendum, um, then he, is, he, he sort of threatened a nuclear conflagration. So it's, it's, not, it's well, not a great way. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not good. But that's but that's Putin talking, and he's talking his book, and he's a strong man. Look, I th- two comments. First of all, a right wing government in Italy. I don't think we got to worry about because they probably won't last a year because that seems to be the Italian way. <laughs> yeah. You know, they've had sixty, seventy governments since the Second World War, so I don't think that's a particular problem. Right. But the second thing is. Putin, I'm sure, expected to win this war in weeks. Daisy. Because, I mean, it's the Ukraine. Mm. And he's Russia. So clearly something's wrong there. It's clearly, clearly it's not working as well as what it, he thought it would work or what he was told that it would, would, it, uh, it, it would work. So, I mean, I hear the nuclear threat story. I mean, obviously it's a concern, but he's, I'm not even sure that, they, that things will work anymore, judging by the, the, the how long it's taken for his to add another 300,000 troops to something that I'm sure he went in there. He didn't go in there low scale to take five years to win the war. He went in there big with what he had. And so far, you know, it hasn't quite yielded the same results that he expected. So, but that's just, that's just saber rattling that. I mean, I mean, yeah. So I don't think we've got to treat that as a serious threat, but but he's, yeah, he's, he's gone loopy, this is Wayne. All... He's gone mad, Wayne. He's gone completely mad. It's like having a fund manager who suddenly loses, loses his mind, gets dementia or something, and starts pressing the buy button instead of the sell button or something like that. He, could, he is capable of doing something because he wants to be Peter the Great. <laughs> yeah, but, he, but, you got to, but you got to, you must remember, there's a whole, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I, I doubt it in the extreme. Okay, good. That we would, would actually happen to that. I doubt that. 
absolutely in the extreme at that it would uh, sort of degenerate into a nuclear war. So, yeah. Okay, let's talk and, about uh, the Fed now. Think, if if, 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 if yeah, the Fed raises okay, the by Fed, the Fed 75 Fed, basis points, what do you yeah. think? Do you think, oh, thank goodness they didn't raise by 100 basis points? Or do you think, oh, my goodness, money is more expensive now by three quarters of 1%? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the second one. That's um, And I mean, it's going to go up more and more. Mm. But, you know, I'll come back to what we've been discussing quite extensively over the last while. This whole inflation thing, inflation, no matter what anyone says, and of course, in the markets, you get, you get, you normally get three views: one in one in the middle, and then two extremes: one one on 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 the top, and one at the bottom. Right. Inflation is going to fall rapidly second half of next year, and I mean rapidly. So, you know, this we I still maintain we're going to see interest rate cuts at the end of next year, and then this whole. And it is a scare. I mean, obviously, inflation's at 40-year highs. It is a scare. But then that scare will dissipate and some form of normality will return back to economic life and markets and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's still, you know, second half of next year, end of next year, still a long way off. But this inflation is not, it's, it's, it's not as ingrained as the 1970s inflation yes. for two reasons. The majority is what's called supply side, so it's the oil price and food prices. Although in America, obviously, there is some of the other type of inflation, which is demand inflation, which essentially is wages. But you know, an economic recession will sort that out rapidly. So what went wrong in the 70s is that the, the Reserve Bank didn't act against inflation because they were worried about the economic effect of raising interest rates. And make no mistake – I mean, we've I've quoted this so many times. Inflation is enemy number one, and and Powell said that at at the what where's that place again where they have the big shingling um, Jackson, um, uh, Jackson, Jackson Hole. Hole. Hmm. Yeah, he said it. He said it in no in no uncertain terms at all that irrespective of irrespective of the economic consequences, they will they will contain inflation. There's one so, thing that, I, that, that again, I, I sort of thought about. I, I tend to think too much when there's no football matches on. Um, I, I looked at the US dollar, and I'm looking at it now, and it's below 0.99. In other words, one euro only buys you uh, 99 US cents. Yeah. Okay. Now, America is an, import, an importer, isn't it? It imports yes. goods. Okay, so the the yes. dollar is so strong that it's probably in it's cheap. importing def not deflation, but it's importing but low, low inflation. inflation. Yeah. yeah, so that is eventually Correct. going to filter through the system. Correct. So your 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 prognosis that next year there will be uh, a, a dramatic fall in inflation and therefore a fall in interest rates actually might play out, right? Yeah, I'm firmly convinced that it will play out. Yeah, at, at inflation. Longer term doesn't worry me because the federal, the banks, the federal, the federal banks, uh, the reserve banks are acting against it. Number one and secondly, a lot of this is just well, it's 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 exaggerated food food inflation because of Ukraine being a big exporter of food, and it's exaggerated energy because Russia is a big supplier of gas and oil. Yeah. These are not demand. These are not demand pull. Eh? It's cost push. Yes, and and that's why it will dissipate, and it will dissipate 
rapidly. I mean, oil sitting at $92, you know, it was 125 130 it was 139 at its peak, actually, on, yeah. on, on a spike in the yeah. early hours of the morning. Okay, so what are you doing now? What, what do you, I know you've got money on the sidelines on behalf of your clients at, at um, F&B Wealth and Investment. I know you've got the money there. And I, I know that uh, we spoke about when are you going to pull the trigger because the markets were going up, but they've come back down again. And they've come back down uh, quite substantially. What, yes, is, what are you doing? Are you starting to ease We're into the market? We're still waiting. We're still He's still waiting. Still waiting to buy. Oh. Look, and, and it was it was it was it was harrowing weeks there, eh? Because we thought the market will fall a little bit more, and then it rallies strongly, not quite back up to the previous highs, but not far off. And we thought, is where we wrong? Have we missed the opportunity? But it looks now as though it was just a bear market rally. Hmm. I mean, obviously, when you when you have such unusual circumstances that are currently prevalent. And where the, you know, a year ago, a year and a half ago, you had the best 10 years for that equity has seen in living memory. Right. You get some incredibly negative comments coming out. I mean, Rubini yesterday or whenever said market's going to fall 40%. Oh, yeah. And we're going to have a year-long recession and a deep recession. Now, I, I don't think that's going to happen as we've spoken about there, there's no debt bubble, and that's a huge distinguishing factor between this period and previous recessions. But I still think the market's going to fall. So to give a number 10% lower than this level, we'll be out there buying. You'll be starting to buy. Okay, good. In that case, yes. that's all I need to know. And hopefully the RAND won't be 19 or 19 and a half or 20 against the US Yeah, the dollar. RAND's interesting. Mm. The RAND's interesting because when you look at the RAND on its own, it's 1780 or 1770. Mm. You think, sure, the RAND's collapsing. But you look at the RAND against the pound and against the euro, yeah. it ain't collapsing. No, it's not. The it's dollar's just the dollar. Gone. It's the dollar, it's dollar strength, not RAND weakness. Um, yeah, mm. sometimes you, you get a couple of days where there are some outflows, uh, but um, it, it, fundamentally, it's been dollar strength. I mean, the dollar's gone from 120 to below one against the euro, for goodness sake. It's yeah. been a massive, massive move. Okay, Wayne, well, we've cleared that up. We've sorted out the politics of yes. the world. We've sorted out when you're going to start buying the markets. We know what the Fed's going to do tonight. We don't know what the Bank of England's going to do tomorrow, but of course, they'll raise rates by 25 basis points or something. That's fine. Now we have to talk about food. Wayne, I have to tell you something. I went to my butcher. And I said, I'm making a beef curry because the weather has turned here. It's now quite chilly. Oh, it, I'm sure it has. Yes. It's autumn. So, of course, the first thing that happens when the weather turns chilly is you think of curry. And you, you're, a, as you, you're a huge curry fan. I know that. So I, yes. I thought, what do I do? Is it chicken or fish or prawn or lamb curry? I thought, no, no, it's got to be a beef curry, a big proper, uh, you know, meaty beef curry. So I went to him and he, he said, okay, the best thing. And he showed me the, the the chart of the of the cow. And he said something near the shoulder. And he said, I've got that for you. It's perfect. And he cut it in front of me and he cut it into cubes, beautiful cubes. And what I did was I put it in one of those um, Ziploc um, plastic bags with, yep. with, with a paste that I made. I made it with obviously oh, some yes. oil, uh, with some cumin, uh, coriander, 
uh, garam masala, curry powder. Um, gosh, there was a couple of others. It, it, normal, you put garlic in? Normal curry powder. Oh, for goodness sake, yeah. I smashed that garlic yeah, well, in my good, mortar good. and pestle. I put some ginger in there as well. And I mixed it up into a paste. I popped it in the bag. I shook it around a bit. And I marinated these cubes of beef uh, for, for 24 hours. Then I cooked it uh, with a load of onions. And a little bit of celery as well, I have to admit, and um, sort of browned it, added tomato, uh, a tin of uh, chopped Italian tomatoes, and some beef stock, and just let that cook Yo. for about four or five hours slowly, Wayne. But the interesting thing yeah. is that I didn't have rice with it. I bought some uh, cauliflower rice from the local supermarket. I would do it myself, but I'm lazy. Uh, cauliflower rice. Uh, which is because I'm trying to cut down on my carbohydrates due to the uh, the ravages mm -hmm. of, of of being at, at home during COVID. Yeah, I may have put on a pound or two, uh, so I thought, well, okay, no carbohydrates, cauliflower rice. I cooked it, salted it, put a big knob of lovely unsalted Irish butter on the top, mixed it all up, and I tell you, Wayne, it was it was it Delicious. was heaven. I thought of I'm you. I must say, I'm 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 salivating. Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds. Two delicious forwards, I must say. The only the only two negatives, and and these are very small negatives. Okay, number one. I'm not sure the celery added value. Just tiny bits of celery. I, I just I just don't think it added value. Okay, well in that case, I'll remove Personally. it next time. Okay, so then, no celery. And, and then the second one is unsalted Irish butter. The one of the one 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 of one of the true pleasures I've discovered in life. Yes, is salted. Butter, and I actually buy Lurpak, which I think is Danish. It's Danish. It definitely is Danish. It's delicious. Yes, but you see, you add, you add, uh, you see that that's good for toast, uh, toast with marmite, and I, I'm a marmite yes, fan. Yes, yeah, uh, that, that's good. But um, to cook with, you add your own salt. And everything. But anyway, the point is, oh, I suppose so. Yes, you, yeah, you, yeah, I suppose you, so. You, yes. No, that's no, that's ninety percent no, approval rating from you on this particular dish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you? What yeah, have you they're, been they're, up to? They're, they're probably ninety ninety five percent there. Thank you very much. I'm honoured. Yeah. And you? I would have, I would have overlooked I would have overlooked the celery. Now I got actually got two food stories to tell you, and, and the Lurpak story reminded me last night. Mm -hmm. The power came on at half past eight, I think. Right. Huh? At at home, and we've already eaten because we sorted it out before the power went off, and. Uh, I was feeling peckish, as I unfortunately tend to do at about half past eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And I thought, what's around? And I found some lovely scones in the oh. in the bread thing. And mm. I cut the scone in half, and I put one half in each piece of the toaster, and I pushed the toaster down. And then the toaster went pop, and then you got to get two knives to get the scone out. But is, isn't, 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 the scone, isn't the scone too thick? To get no, you're catering off. Oh. No, no, you're catering off. Yeah, it I know, but I'm saying even if it's a proper English scone. No, no, no. Some, sometimes you have a few technical issues, but most of the time <laughs> you can dig it out without too much damage with two knives. Without getting electrocuted, yeah. And then, and then I go into the fridge to have a look, and there's no jam. Oh, no. Surely your, partner, no surely your partner jam. should be I taken know, to I know, task I know, on this I know, one. I know, it's her responsibility. Was, she was chastised about that, make mm -hmm. no mistake. Okay. And I'm sure it won't happen again. <laughs> so then I scratched around to have a look, what can I put on my scones? So I put Lurpak on, obviously. Obviously. And then I scratched around and I found for the one half, I put on sandwich spread. <laughs> 
Oh no, come on. Sandwich spread on a, on a, on an on an English scone. Yeah, and and then on the other half I put on crunchy peanut butter and syrup. That's not so bad. And they were equally as delicious. I can't believe then it. Then the second very quick food story. Go on then. There's there's you would not think that Kaya sand and surrounding area is a culinary resort, a no, culinary, wouldn't. Uh, uh, you wouldn't think so. No. no. But there's a certain place, one main road away, about 10, 15 minutes away, yes. on uh, Bayer's Nordia, called the Honey Rock Motel. Now, I think we might have spoken about this before, but you, you, you drive past it, and you are a little bit cautious about going in there because outside appearances are, well, well they're, they're deceiving. Because when you drive past it, you think, ooh, uh, mm, mm, is it okay to go there? But they got the most fantastic Portuguese restaurant. So we went there on Friday. Yes. And you sit outside, and it's of course it's summer here. Now you sit outside under little, like, I don't know, lapas, whatever you want to call it. Nice, just very just straightforward um, uh, trestle table sitting, you know, nothing nothing fancy, you know, nothing, nothing fancy. And you can have the best selection of Portuguese food there. For example? Oh, well, we had, there were about six or seven of us that we just ordered for the whole table. So we had chorizo, calamari, peri-peri chicken livers. Mm. Their Portuguese rolls were fantastic. And then for the main course, we had skinny chops, prego steak, prawns and yeah that that that's that's about it yeah that's about it the real story is yes the real story is their their peri peri sauce do they make it themselves it is that they make it themselves it is the most delicious i have ever eaten in my life better than nando's better than anything else better than any it's the best i've ever it's not killer It, it doesn't it doesn't blow your top of your head off. Doesn't melt your it teeth. So, it's, it doesn't melt you. It's it, it's hot. I mean, it's peri peri sauce, but it is so smooth and it is totally and utterly delicious. Oh, so I bought two bottles of it. Oh, they sell it as well. Oh God, two seven fifty milliliter bottles. And what's interesting. The one's called Smirnoff and the other one's called so this, Captain Morgan. This, they just they just sell it in washed out old old uh, alcohol bottles. So that's two, two wine bottle off. size uh, bottles of Perry. Yeah, seven fifty. Yeah. Well, I'm when? just hoping that the two bottles will last me a week. The way that at the rate I'm consuming it. Mm. Okay, now I'm I'm seriously hungry. It's uh, two minutes past five. Maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe. My half past eight, nine o'clock scone tonight, I might put peri-peri sauce on it. No, please, Wayne, you've got to be respectful. The Queen's only just died, and she did the following. She had the, she had the, the, the scone, freshly baked by Buckingham Palace or Windsor Castle or Sandringham or Balmoral Castle. She cut it in half, or they cut it in half. She put on some butter, or they did, and then strawberry jam on the bottom, clotted Devonshire cream on the top, Oh, I must say, I must say, clotted cream, and and somehow you can only get clotted cream in the UK. I mean, I've had some here in South Africa. It's it doesn't not, travel well. It's not as nice. No, it doesn't travel it's well. Not as un- nice, unfortunately. Gosh, I'm hungry. Okay, Wayne, thank you very much for your, yep. um, your, your okay, time Lizzie. this evening. And good luck with the load shedding. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager yes, at F&B Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. 
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.